Well, Jaco, what's next for you? <laughs> I don't know. There's always luck in this. Or this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux capacitor. Fluxing. Crew. Distinctions. Scanning for Harry and the Hendersons. 1987. Prepare to rewind in three, two, one. Welcome, rewinders and new listeners, to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I am your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, Paul, the master big... Bigfoot Hunter Interrupter Powers. <laughs> We've got some big guns and some big, big guns, but I'm afraid I'm all out of big gum ammo. Big gun ammo. <laughs> big gum ammo? Big gun ammo. Like big chew gun ammo? Anyway. Oh, Wrigley's. <laughs> <laughs> also, for this discussion of the film Harry and the Hendersons, we welcome back aboard creator of the Dapper Man Reviews on YouTube and co-host of the Bombshelf Podcast, Kevin Joshua Burnham. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Francisco. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome <laughs> back. And Kevin, this is actually your uh, fourth time, I believe, on the pod. And we for neglected to promote you last time. Oops. So oh. you, you are, said we or was it you? Womp, Paul, womp. Paul forgot to promote you. <laughs> wow. um, he didn't submit the paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, okay. Um, Kevin, what department? So you promote to Shipman. What department of the pod would you like to serve on? What department do you have open? Any of want. them are available. <laughs> Captain. Not executive. Not Make ex up your mind. That's and a captain is not a department. That's a rank that you cannot have. Well, what department is the captain in? <laughs> <laughs> uh, command, I suppose. But that's really I... reserved for officers and executive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm a fat man. Put me in, put me in charge of the bar. And the bar, okay. In right, the galley, right. all right. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'll make their um, Shirley Temple drinks and everything Ship's else. Ship's bartender. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Wow. All right. Uh, so thank you for being here, Kevin. In addition to Kevin, we have back aboard pastor and co-host of the Geek at Arms podcast, Mike Fraley. Hey, Ooh. Mike. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing quite well. And Mike, this is your third time on the pod, so you too are also getting... Uh, promoted to Shipman. Yeah! Congratulations. What's with the Sandlot clips, Paul? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's useful in all in every situation. Uh-huh. So, Mike, what department of the ship would you like to serve on? Yeah, I don't know. Do you have a ship's valet? <laughs> Someone needs to park it. <laughs> we, we don't. We have a pilot. Uh, we have a pilot, but if you would like to be like, Helmsman, like uh, Sue Helmsman, or what was it like, Shoe Chef? Uh, if you well, like, yeah, to... if you're welcoming all these guests coming in and out, you've got to have something to put their vehicles. That's right. Oh, I thought you meant your valet for the pod itself. Like it, you're yeah. gonna park the pod when it yeah. goes somewhere when we return to base. But no, <laughs> I like this for other ships that come in to park them into the the parking structure of the pod. I like yes. Yeah, so we do and need I... a valet. And I do like the idea of like every time I've done a hard night's work for you, like, well, I've never had a valet. Good work for the night. I'll most likely kill you in the morning. So that, that's Indeed. all that I live for. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah! I think this works. So you're now ship's valet. Fantastic, Mike. Oh, my word. But now that you have a quick flyby of who we are, Paul, can you give us a quick overview of the production specs for Harry and the Hendersons? Yes. Harry and the Hendersons. Uh, Not the TV show. 19... 91 January 13th for three seasons comprising of 72 episodes. I heard the show was complete rubbish. I tried oh, I, to cut you off at the pass, but yeah, what do you mean? Not the TV there, show. There's a movie, Paul. What we, you mean? I watched all 72 <laughs> of these shows for oh, hold on. All right, Harry and the Hendersons, the movie was released June 7th, sorry, June 5th, 1987. And runs an hour and 50 minutes, is rated PG and directed by William Deere. It was also written by William Deere along with Bill Martin and Ezra Rappaport. The lead stars being John Lithgow, Melinda Dillon, and Margaret Langrick. And the music was composed by Bruce Broughton. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Sure. Broughton, Broughton, yeah. 
Yeah. All right. You ready for the box office trivia? I am ready. Mike and Kevin, are you guys ready? Oh, dear. Oh, man. I have spent so many hours researching Sasquatch-oriented <laughs> box office stats. I feel <laughs> so ready. All right. And everyone here live, feel free to chime in guesses as well. Go for it, Paul. All right. Harry and the Hendersons was made for about $10 million and earned over $32 million at the box office, Ooh. not adjusted for inflation. So given this and the fact that it was released theatrically in 1987, how high in the box office do you think it ranks among the movies released theatrically in 1987? We'll go right. for the top 50. Top 50. Okay. Uh, Mike, what is your guess? I'm going to go 30. 30. Ooh. Kevin, how about yourself? 13. 13? Yes. Did I hear that right? 13? Okay. Yes. Let's see. In chat, Bobo says 42. No, Necro we're says, going dyslexic. Let's make him 24. <laughs> Which is it? 13 or 24? Okay, 24. James is 24. Uh, <laughs> Good luck with this. Emrys says 38. Necro says 25. 87. Um, I'm going to guess 40, actually. Uh, all right. Any other guesses? I don't think so. Paul, was. how did it actually end up? In the top 50. Where did All right. Go? According to the numbers.com, Harry and the Hendersons wound up at 37. 37. So like Emrys won. Emrys. Good job, Emrys. Well done. Well done. You will get your prize pack someday. <laughs> <laughs> if we feel like it. Yeah. If we, if we feel like it. <laughs> but thank you for those factoids, Paul. And let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind melt or subsequent roundtable discussion, which we'll get into once Alice has located our target film. Alert! Alert! Approaching target. Spoilers incoming. Establishing analysis vector. Sneak Preview's Michael Medved calls Harry and the Hendersons a delightful romp. A funny, touching, classy piece of entertainment. A hit the size of Bigfoot. Definitely gonna go see it again. It was absolutely amazing and it's hysterical. David Anson of Newsweek says... Harry is lovable, a surefire scene stealer. Funniest movie I've seen in a long time. You walk out of there feeling good. It was great. I loved it. Harry and the Hendersons is great. Harry and the Hendersons, rated PG. Now playing at theaters everywhere. Apparently some people remember Harry and the Hendersons being great. Well, you know, like Tony the Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> but do our memories live up to that level of greatness? Let's find out. Find out in our memory mind melt synopsis for Harry and the Hendersons. Han Solo and his family travel back, travel many parsecs away from their hometown of Starbucks to the forest of Tim Hortons. What? Alongside the son's radio controlled airplane and accidentally take home Chewbacca. So John Lithgow and family has to adjust to having a nerf herder in the house because Bigfoot breaks a couch, befouls a pool, uh, likes uh, watching TV, and somehow still grows on the family. Harry can sound like a siren to help save the day. The family saves Harry from a Sasquatch hunter with a ridiculous French accent who wants, who wants him for a new wall trophy mount. And Harry rejoins his family in the wilderness because it doesn't belong with people. Because, it, yeah, it doesn't belong with people. Some of that was definitely in the movie. A lot of it, though, was definitely... Decepted. But based on those flawed, flawed memories, what range did they lead you to predict before you rewatched this film? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Let's start with Kevin this time. What was your prediction for Harry and the Hendersons? Freaking tragic. Tragic. Wow. How about you, uh, Mike? I predicted nostalgic. Nostalgic. Paul, what was your prediction? I was about 10 years old when I first saw this, and I really enjoyed it. But I haven't seen it. I don't remember seeing it since then. So mm -hmm. this is one of those movies um, that I really would like I to know if it holds up. If only there was a podcast about it. But here we go. We, we, have, we, go. <laughs> we will be that podcast. Yeah. Um, so, you but, you want ahead. us on that wall. You need us on that wall. We'll find out for this movie. <laughs> um, but because I enjoyed it so much, but haven't really had a big desire to see it mm -hmm. since then, I have landed in the middle at nostalgic. 
Yeah, I'm pretty much on the same in the same boat as Paul. I remember seeing it back in the day. Thought there was something uh, fun about it, uh, but I had no super desire to see it again. Um, I would have just been fine with whatever happy memories I had. Uh, so I just left it at nostalgic. Um, it'll be interesting to see if those memories, uh, uh, if those predictions pan out, though. But first, let's get into the things we liked most about Harry and the Hendersons. Let's spin up our best three. Our top three things, and let's begin with Kevin. What's one thing you really liked about this film? I enjoyed the family chemistry. The family oh, yeah. chemistry? Yeah, I thought it was very different because most of the time when you see these types of films, you know, it's always the children, such as like E.T. and some other films. That it's always mm -hmm. the children who gets attached to the creature or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This time it was reversed. This time it was the father. And there was no mm -hmm. father that was dead or divorced or anything of the sort. Yeah. It was actually mm -hmm. one big family, and they all had pretty good chemistry amongst each other. Yeah. It was quite different seeing the daughter being the one who really hated um, Bigfoot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so you liked not not so much not necessarily the chemistry they had with Bigfoot, but the chemistry they had as a family unit. Yes. <clears throat> Got it. Okay. And yeah, any I... father that takes a son hunting to go kill something, I'm all for it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Hey, I, it was I either was... him or that rabbit. So, yeah. Yeah. right? It's <laughs> coming right for us. <laughs> um, it's a South Park reference, by the yes. way. Anyway, uh, I got it. I did. This is all Canadians, okay? <laughs> I, I've, I, I'm sort of in a tangential boat to, to yours, uh, Kevin. I actually really found the sweetness that Harry had for the family and the family had for him after they sort of befriended him. I thought that was really touching. I, I mean, I didn't really expect that from a, a Bigfoot. I don't, I don't really expect that from any sort of wild animal or even wild semi proto human. Um, I don't expect that level of sweetness, but it was still nice to see in this movie. That's supposed to, it's not like this, you know, thriller. It's supposed to be like a family drama comedy. So. Hey, family films that. were very odd in the 80s, so anything could go. <laughs> That's yeah, fair. It's true. Very fair. I just look at the peanut butter solution. Anyway, a mic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. You brought that one back up. Wow. What's, what's, <laughs> what would you say is a solution for something you liked about this film? Yeah, one thing that I liked is that it it was playing on a theme of not so much don't judge a book by its cover, which I think would have been a very easy sort of dopey mm -hmm. trope for this movie to go for. Because oh yeah, 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 Harry actually is kind of a sympathetic looking character, so it was really a matter of overcoming those internal reactions to meeting Harry. Like yeah, you know, you have the reaction like oh my gosh, it's humongous. I feel afraid. I feel terrified. Yes. But really, it's a matter of overcoming your own internal reactions to engage uh, to engage Harry as he actually is. And I thought mm -hmm. that was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. And there's also an element of them uh, trying to once they overcame it, trying to overcome it almost on on behalf of Harry, like uh, John Lithgow's uh, how his character with his dad and say, no, they're not like that. And and um, even try and get uh, Jacques the hunter to, to not uh, kill him just because there's no reason to. Yeah, I I, I definitely could see what you're saying there, uh, Mike. Uh, Paul, what's something you enjoyed about uh, Heron and the Hendersons? I enjoyed the settings. Um, mm. It felt very real being out in the forest area and even the town. I mean, so it, so you try to get the volume to a certain level and no, then the not graphic the volume, quality. The production, the what do you call that? The sites, the the production. Uh well uh, yeah. The, the set design. The locations. The location. Cinematography. Yeah. Oh, okay. If a movie even back then or today, there's a good chance that it would be created kind of like how they have what we need a name for this, but it's kind of hmm. like a Disney um teens uh you know where they have like uh like you know like the wizard of waverly place or hannah montana those kind of sets where they have everything looks real but there's something not real about it oh, you know yeah, it's kind of yeah, yeah. like the saved by the bell set versus yes this feels like it's really real you know what yes. i mean yes yes so yes. i appreciate the authenticity of that of the surroundings uh -huh. yeah, yeah it really makes it grounded for the story yeah even so it I looks mean, like an act oh, i'm sorry Oh, I was going to say, well, it looks like a real house that he actually destroyed and not just some um, studio back lot. They just made a house and settings and everything else and just reused this entire thing for the next episode. Sure. Which they could have done, but it looked real. Yeah. 
and yeah, I, I imagine, I imagine all the stuff on in the, inside the Henderson's house is probably on a soundstage. I have no idea, but I agree that so much of it looked like out in the woods. They were really out there. Yeah. Um, on the freeway, that looked like they were really on the freeway. I mean, even you see, I think John Lithgow and Harry's head stuck out of the car as they're driving. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, I thought a lot of it did feel very uh, grounded in in terms of that, Paul, for sure. Um, And that goes, I'll just touch on that. That goes to something else I really liked was the uh, visual and practical effects for things like the door frames being squished or even the the stunt work of uh, whoever, I don't know if it was Kevin Pierre Hall in the Bigfoot suit when he was doing like going through floors or what have you. But all that work of making us believe that this Bigfoot, that probably wouldn't have been strong enough to, like a person in a costume obviously isn't big enough or strong enough to destroy a door frame or what. I thought that was just really well done. So I really practical enjoyed all effects. those practical yeah. effects. Yeah. Um, uh, Kevin, what's something you practically liked about this? <laughs> I practically enjoy the humor. Oh, okay. I thought the humor was actually quite delightful because really? it was oh, cool. really for all ages. And oh, yeah. I was I surprised by that because there was there would be humor and jokes that um, adults would get that children wouldn't get, that mm -hmm. children would get, that adults are just like myself, just roll our eyes like, oh, crap. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that was... And it was just like, and I enjoy like the conspiracy theory humor joke yes. that he did and just everything about it. It was quite different because it was refreshing to see a mm -hmm. wide range of humor, especially yeah. for, I mean, I know it's the 80s, but at the same time, it's also a PG film. So yeah. they still kept it just that family friendly while also mm -hmm. making sure everyone was able to enjoy it with each other and not just like, hey, I'm glad you enjoyed it, but I enjoyed a single freaking thing. <laughs> <laughs> was there something that sticks out in your mind as being uh, the maybe the most humorous thing or something that just like you really enjoyed. I that actually bit. found Jack, the um the ridiculous French accent man, uh -huh. to actually be a bit more funny than I expected. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Because nice. I, I, I I can't. It's been quite like a decade or so when I last seen this film, uh -huh. and he was actually a bit more funny than I thought. And nice. I actually enjoy John Lithgow with his mm -hmm. over exaggeration. Yes, I think he's just perfect when he for yeah. an over exaggerated actor. Absolutely, him and like Nicolas Cage, they just know the right tones <laughs> of how just to over exaggerate something, but just making it just enough where you can actually have fun and enjoy it. So yes, yes, I absolutely. enjoyed that aspect of the film. Awesome, uh, Mike. Was there anything particularly funny for you about this, or did some other aspect of the film uh, really uh, tickle your fancy? Yeah, actually, one of the antics that they put into the film was one of the things that was on my like list is oh yeah uh, that scene where they had harry looking in through that kitchen window and they're <laughs> dropping the chicken into the boiling pot oh, and he yes. looks over to the elderly couple that are getting into the jacuzzi and it's like yes. oh, oh no, no. It, it, that one i thought was was great yes i also very similar to that i really enjoyed it is toward the end where uh, Irene and Jock are outside the Henderson's house. Yes. And Irene looks at the window and it's Harry's face. And she's like, oh, totally befuddled. <laughs> and then they, Harry and uh, John Lithgow's character, which, what, why can't I think of his name? Jiminy Christmas. I keep saying John Lithgow. It, it was his, Jiminy Christmas. No, it, it's George. <laughs> George. It yeah, George Henderson. Uh, Mr. Henderson. <laughs> exactly. They, they switch places so that when Jock looks at the window, it's just, he's like, why are you so uh, scared of him? I, I thought that was That's what fun makes it funny. That subtle hunt humor. That just, exactly. You know, it's just right. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, also with uh, the humor, yeah. I, I'm glad he didn't overplay certain things because mm -hmm. sometimes when I see a scene that we so much see for comedy, you're like, oh, yeah, they're going to do that typical, like, um, everyone passes out, everyone does this. And I'm like, no, only, like, maybe one or two passed out, but everyone else is just, like, just had a natural tone to it. So Yeah, it yeah, real. yeah, exactly. It didn't feel like everyone reacted the same way. It was, it was exact, more, yes. more like, oh, yeah, this is how, uh, if you took a swath of people, that would be about this reaction across. Uh, Paul, was something that was your last thing you liked before you get to our classic makers? John Lithgow in this, I thought, did an amazing <laughs> uh, job of grounding this, of making you believe. Like, like Kevin was saying, he, he like his uh, his reactions and stuff. I don't think it was overreacting, but mm. um, even though he did, he he swings like he was oh, he was going. His his range is 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 wide, and 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 in this one, but 
um, not only is he like freaking out, but he's also caring. Like when he's drawing and trying to get the right yeah, uh, subtlety, yeah. he he brings heart and he really he makes this story way more believable. Mm, yeah, I could see that. I'm well. I'm gonna push back just a little bit on that. I'm just curious. What? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. Um, did, it, it seemed I. Do you feel like it would have made a little bit more sense if they had played some like he is sound like he wanted to be an artist his whole life. Is that mm. is that what you guys took away from this? Or it's and a hobby sort of, that he likes to do. I don't know. OK, I don't know. It just seemed Maybe like he Paul did would know more about this. <laughs> it doesn't it pay the bills. <laughs> what I'm trying to get at is it didn't seem like he just felt stuck in this job that he was working for his dad essentially. He seemed like he enjoyed it, like he took his son hunting and he is into that right. lifestyle. Right. So I I feel like there would I would have appreciated more of like this sort of internal conflict of of him like wanting to be more art art having more of an artistic side, but because this, this film being... didn't have enough conflict. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, but I mean, <laughs> I, I, I kind of get what he's saying because you do see that that George changes. But mm -hmm. I mean, I think there were a lot of things they could have trimmed in this movie in order to make time for this internal growth. Like, so we yeah, get to see exactly. characters not just showing, not just showing that things happen, mm -hmm. but showing the depth of that guy's character. I think that would have been would have been easy to do as you're saying yeah. francisco exactly yeah. they had they the, they had the blocks in place they just didn't align it correctly right they didn't they didn't focus and make it more of a priority i can see that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i guess for me i actually enjoyed it more that it made it like the conflict in between what he hmm. could have been or what he is because i think that shows a more natural realistic side of people because sometimes people just accept jobs for what they are and they do side hobbies and so forth and yeah. maybe if they make money whatever if they don't whatever yeah i mean I know for myself, I have a main job and I do side things. So mm -hmm. right. I'm not going like, you know, want everyone to tell the sad sob story about like, oh, it could have been this. I could have been a contender. Right. <laughs> like, I could have been a podcaster. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, making let me millions ask you, of dollars. Let me ask you this, though. This free time. Kevin, let me ask you this, though. Do you have a Bigfoot oh, no. in your life? Maybe I do. I have a statue I got from Canada. Okay. Nice. Oh my gosh. All right. Fair enough. Let's get into the things that we love. I got maple syrup too. You want to see that too? You know what? <laughs> I love maple syrup. Speaking of things we loved, let's get to the things we, our classic makers for this film, what we loved most. Uh, let's start with Mike. What did you love most about Heron the Hendersons? I absolutely loved the creature design for Harry. And I loved, I loved the puppetry because yes. there was, 30 people that went what? into creating a yes this was 30 people's worth of coordination wow. and work wow. to turn a bunch of animatronics and and foam and a suit actor into mm -hmm. a performance and mm -hmm. i think that there's the fact that they were able to have such human-like expressions mm -hmm. in this uh in this film i think is really a testament to the work of all 30 of those people Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll say this is this doesn't have to do. I mean, yeah. So pretty much you stole my my classic maker as well, uh, Mike. I thought the costume of Harry is just so impressive. I right. really I could totally see that being a Bigfoot and that being what a Bigfoot looked like. Uh, the only tell for me and this I it's just funny happenstance. I happen to be watching Labyrinth uh, uh, a little bit ago. I was uh, sharing that with my kiddos. And you can tell in some way of the goblin mouths. Um, that it, it's just like there's like an, the there's no throat there's nothing that it it sort of stops oh, where okay. it, it like just Kermit, looks like it's the frog you can see yeah, yeah the I mean, back of his mouth it's a bit better than that but yeah so like the exactly. cookie monster when he eats you could say where are the cookies going just to the exactly. side there's nothing exactly. to go down okay. exactly so that was the only tell I could have for Harry that you could when he opened his mouth really wide you could tell it sort of like just stops there's oh, like no I like tell that okay there's no hold for food to go down. Um, but I will say, I okay, I will comment <laughs> that uh, for those that are curious, like for me, I thought, okay, I wonder, is this like a, a Jim Henson puppet or maybe not? Maybe it's a Stan Winston puppet. It's actually a Rick Baker puppet. And Rick Baker mm -hmm. um, is also someone who did, if I remember correctly, he did, I think, uh, American Werewolf in London. Um, trying to look up Rick Baker on and the, off the cuff and mess it up. 
Men in Black, and he makes great oh, cakes yeah. on the side. Yes. Does he make great cakes on the side? He's a baker. Well, he's a baker. He has oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Talk about things you know you like to do on the side. Yeah, went right over my head. Exactly. But it's funny oh, because he enjoyed making goodness. this costume more than any other costume he made. And I was thinking, like, you yeah. made American mm-hmm. Werewolf in London, and mm-hmm. you're I more know. prideful of this one. That's, I mean, that's. I would be, too. Putting them both yeah. side by side, I think Harry is is better. In fact, that's my classic maker too. Oh, okay. Um, it it again talk about grounding this this film because the the premise is ridiculous, but you have all these things grounding it. And Harry, the the Bane Bigfoot, does a really good job of making it believable, at least for me. So he's mm-hmm. my classic maker. Yeah. I okay. So we're we're three for three. Kevin, will you make it four for four? What was your classic maker for uh, Harry and the Hendersons? Well, mine was a side by side, but I was going to say with that costume, mm-hmm. I bet you they watch Howard the Duck and say, "Let's not, let's do everything that does not do." <laughs> do well, they have a person in there, so that's it's uh, yeah. I, I think was... they had about the same amount of people for Howard the Duck, about like twenty or thirty people oh, just to, wow. to this, wow. because it was one of their first designs. So they're like, "Yeah, we learned from our mistake. Let's not do a George Lucas again." Fair enough. So um, mine was, it was side by side. So it was the costume mm-hmm. design and mm-hmm. effect. And it was also the cinematography because I'm oh. such a big sucker for um, how things look on film. Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. you're in the woods, when you're at the house, where you're at, wherever your filming location is, yeah. I, that's one of my first draws in for a film because you can tell if a film looks good or yeah. if it looks bad by lighting, shadowing, yep. all mm-hmm. that. And it was very well lit. It wasn't like I had to squinch my eyes to see it, and everything popped out just right. So I very much enjoyed that look. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? There's something about the quality of uh, '80s and into early '90s film grain, or some about like the way things are lit that Ew, just feels so grain? much feels so much more almost real and cinematic to me than I feel like things are so over polished now. I don't Digital. know if it's it's the digital. Is it the digital ca- quality CGI. to things? Yeah, it's and by CGI, digital yes. cams. Yeah, they're, they're not recording on film. You know, so okay. it's a little more clean and polished. Yeah. Okay, maybe that's what it is. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, but let's see. Okay, so that's everyone's classic makers, guys. Fantastic. And plus, We're just... a bonus for me: if you destroy oh. a car, I love it. Keep destroying those cars. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, let's. Oh, you know, I have a bonus too, it turns out. Uh, sorry, I, I should have been keeping track of my notes, but I didn't. Forgot something else. Untold Podcast. The Untold Podcast is a speculative fiction podcast utilizing the, the genres of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, among others, in order to engage the culture's imagination from a Christian worldview. Every month, Nathan James Norman produces and narrates a new story presented in a unique and dynamic way. Check out the Untold Podcast at untoldpodcast.com to listen and leave them a review on Apple Podcasts. That's great, Francisco. Do they talk about Harry being a Bigfoot in that podcast? Uh, no, but on the About page, they allude to that they may someday have a story about the Yeti. Okay. Sure. <laughs> that's, that, that's... that's the reason why you have a like? Okay. <laughs> I know it's it's a very 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 tenuous thread. Wow, so it's almost tenuous. like it's shoehorned in there. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Well, Paul. I mean, it's it. They deal with fantasy and horror, and Bigfoot is a fantastical creature, and a lot of the people in the film were horrified to see it. So it goes right into the natural performances. Actually, yeah, all those yeah. minor exactly. characters don't care. Uh-huh. About. Yeah. That, I was about sense. to say the same thing, but Mike, I wanted to give you the floor to say that because you're just so articulate with it. So, so uh, yeah, there you go, Paul. How about that? Yeah, yeah that's well, one of the things I like about Harry and the Hendersons is a goofy movie because it also has Bigfoot. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. I, I think Bigfoot has more hair than I do. <laughs> yeah. Fine, Paul. How about some trivia about Harry and the Hendersons? Would that, that would make be you much better? better. Yes. All right. Yes. All right. Did you all realize that while in makeup, Kevin Peter Hall's already immense height of 7'2 wow. was increased to over 8 feet? Yeah. 
This is evidenced by John Lithgow, who stands at 6'4". I mean, totally yeah. tall himself. Right. When he stands next to Hall, it's just like so much... Ken Beer Hall and costume is so much taller. So my question to you guys is, would you rather be your ideal height and body type, but covered in hair, like Bigfoot or like a wolf man, like you just head to toe, covered in tons of hair? Okay. Or fur, I suppose. Or, so that's one choice. Or would you have your ideal intelligence and wisdom, but you can only ever eat gruel for the your entire life? Oh, give me the gruel. The gruel. So you have yeah. all the intelligence and wisdom. The, the but problem you're... is, is that you're so intelligent and that you, you're well aware of your misery. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, I mean, right. first you assume that my that my ideal body type isn't covered in hair. So let's just, I mean, let, let's. Good point. I meant it like totally musculature not, so. and height, but all oh. right. Oh my gosh. So, oh, uh, gosh. Paul, let's I, have, is that your answer? Is yeah, that, yeah. Because take, with wisdom comes riches and fabulous wealth. <laughs> yeah, but what's the point if you can't eat, buy pizzas? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Have the gruel and, and live and, you know, live your best life where, if you're Bigfoot, it's hard to live your big your best life with the. Right. I think there's a condition, or it's on National Enquirer. I read somewhere where there's actually people born like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There is. There's like even in the I want to say Victorian era, Renaissance era. There's people that have unless it's like a Ripley's believe it or not, which is possible. Right. Like it's fabricated. There are like kids that have that condition of just yeah. like wolfitis or whatever, where you're yeah. they think you're a werewolf. But uh, Mike, how about you? I mean, this is a hard choice. I mean, really, I'm choosing the downsides of fur or gruel. Yes. I, I think I'm going to take the gruel. I mean, yeah, okay. wisdom and intelligence is important to me, so I'll take that. Mm. All right. That's Plus, fair. the gruel you're eating like a, a few times a day where the hairy body is the whole day. Like that, That's a good point. That is a good point. Uh, Kevin, what's, that clean. What's, your, <laughs> what's, your, what's your choice? Uh, I'm trying to decide because I remember I was just reading in Proverbs that like too much wisdom can kill you. So I don't, you know, what's the point of having too much what? wisdom to kill me? What? Is Where is that, that in Proverbs? Proverbs 18 was one of the later verses. Really? Okay. I don't I was know just, I was I was listening to the NIV, so it's par it's probably wrong. NIV? <laughs> Your father? Wrong answer, Kevin. <laughs> Um, I think it's Ecclesiastes one eighteen. Yes, for, it's, it's Ecclesiastes. That's right. For with oh. much wisdom comes much sorrow. The more knowledge, the more oh. grief. See, Which is what I'm saying. Is a... You know, you're miserable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just Dunning Kruger syndrome explained in Old Testament terms. So yeah, oh, that's that makes sense. Um, I would I would love to have more food. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take more more gruel. Right, more food. Is that no, what you're no. saying? Gruel, grub. I no, don't know. It's like slop or like gruel yeah. is like porridge, but very, very runny. Then that's all you can ever have. You know, in the Matrix, that's all where they ever eat have the, the yeah, slop. That's all you nope. can eat. No potatoes. No, no pizza. No tacos. No, it's no. all soup. That's not good. Oh, <laughs> uh, screw that! I'll take the other. Okay, <laughs> so you have hair all over, and you can be An your ideal, ideal body, body type and height. All right. Well, I'm already got hair all over. I gotta go for Brazilian wax almost every other time. <laughs> Wow. Okay. All righty. Well, thank you guys for answering that trivia. Yeah. Great trivia, Francisco. Thank <laughs> and, you, Paul. And now that we've all had our trivial fun, let's find out what memories you, our awesome rewinders, had about Harry and the Hendersons. And probably due to my lateness in posting this, we only have one memory, but that comes from uh, Drake Tungsten, D. Tungsten here. Uh, I remember him burying all the stuffed deer heads and him making the siren noise towards the end. Fantastic, yeah. Detunction. Good memory. Oh, oh yeah. Speaking of memories, you can yeah. cut this out if you want. But I had so one of my memories in the mind meld was mm -hmm. I I remembered a kid. the The family was traveling through, driving through the forest, and the kid mm -hmm. had a radio controlled airplane flying with them. The boy, but. That was obviously a different movie because that yeah. was not in this. Does that sound familiar to anybody? I'm curious because I thought it was from this movie. Are Radio Flyer? Controlled plane. <laughs> no, I don't think so. It's been ages since I've seen See, that. Yeah, but, that, okay. this one, that one was oh, about wait, a wagon. That, this one um, has a station wagon. That's uh, that's the connection. though. Yeah. Battery's no. not included. That was 
It's I don't one. remember them traveling through the forest than a kid. Yeah. Anyway, gremlins. I don't no. know about that, Neko. I don't think so. Anyway, well, if it doesn't, yeah. if it's never mind. If it if it doesn't like, hey, well, it's obviously Return of the Jedi, or you know, <laughs> which it's not. But that remote control D walk. Yeah. Let's, um, let's go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember anything then like that, Paul. Okay. Hey, can uh, I come right back? I'll come right back. My door okay. suddenly, my front door suddenly opened. I don't know why. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Deceptive. Bigfoot. Is it a yeah. Sasquatch? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, bring the camera with you. We want to see. All right. Great trivia. And then we're about to go into our dislikes. Okay. Yeah. Dislikes. You doing okay, Mike? So. What's up? Gosh, I said I was just asking if you're doing okay. Yeah, I'm doing okay. I'm keeping okay. muted so you don't hear my sniffles and coughs. Aww, appreciate it. Yeah, very good. All right. Sorry, that was weird. I just don't know. It just like just opened and it's locked. I don't understand why that happened. That is weird. Yeah, it's you fire somebody. Yeah, it's locked and it just opened. I don't think you understand what it means to be locked. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 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 still locked, but. <laughs> maybe it didn't completely the... latch yeah, yeah that's what happened it didn't completely latch i think those demons are coming back for me was crashing it every locked film. then what is it neko <laughs> says totally not me haunting him right now oh thanks right. Neko. <laughs> thanks grandly appreciate that yoshi says now someone's in the house now oh great <laughs> <clears throat> okay <laughs> wow guys well we'll catch him on film anyway or not film digital whatever this is <laughs> anyway, who you gonna call? Exactly. Okay. Thank you, D. Tungsten, for sharing your memories and for everyone else who had memories but may just didn't get them in. Uh, but now it's time to get into the things that didn't work so well, maybe would have tarnished our memories if we remembered them. It's time for our Worst Three. Worst Three Things About Harry and the Hendersons. And let's begin with Kevin. What's one thing you disliked about this film? Okay, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it's worse. It's something I dislike, and it falls along the line of also the... Um, the I keep saying eight. It's not eight. I want to say that in my mind. Bigfoot. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. His, his face mask, sometimes it really did creep me out. Like, everything yeah. I looked at it, and uh -huh. his eye features and everything, I was like, I wonder how people really thought they brought their kids. Like, sure, it's funny and fun, but at the same time, uh -huh. it's like... Oh my god, that is freaking creepy. <laughs> well, it is creepy. It has that 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 factor in it, which is why it would is a little scary. But it's not like it's something that you have to get used to. Like uh, Mike was saying, I think it's earlier. what it is is yeah. that it's something that I would have to get used to because I'm not used to seeing that in film. Yeah. Which I, you know, I'm not complaining because I'd rather take this any day than CGI. Yes, but at the yes. same time, I mean, it makes it, I when I look at it, I was like, wow, that's so awesome how they made all the fat the face moving and everything else. But it just has both a type of very good look but an unrealistic look where yeah. mm -hmm. it just kind of brings in that slight creep factor yeah but not mm -hmm. too much like the legend of boggy creek or something like that you know yeah. just something yes. that's it's the 80s it's, it's version awkward. of a little bit of uh, uncanny valley yeah it's almost oh, like that creature munchie yeah Have you ever seen munchie yeah no i haven't it doesn't seen look real don't see it okay don't. <laughs> fair enough um so speaking to that though i watched this with my uh, six-year-old son, and he didn't seem particularly creeped out by Harry at any point. Um, he got bored with the film, <laughs> but he wasn't creeped out by Harry. Um, so take that for what it's worth. Uh, I'll go to something that I didn't like specifically, though, and that's uh, I try. I was desperately trying to think of the word for it, and mm -hmm. maybe you guys can help me. What's it called? Oh, berating. That's the word. <laughs> Thank you guys for the help. You're welcome. <laughs> Glad I could be there for you. Okay. I thought it was so ridiculous when Sarah is berating Harry well, yeah. uh, toward the beginning, just like, how dare you eat my corsage? I'm like, how? That just seemed wholly unrealistic. Sure. That this monster in your house, and you're like, eh, my corsage, how dare you? You think you yeah. could just do that? It's like, no. No, I am, I'm I sorry. One, one, one word for you, Francisco. Yes. Hormones. Yes. I don't know. That's not going to do that. Look, that's I found gonna... it unrealistic, too. I'm just trying to help. <laughs> <laughs> She's a teenager. You, How many teenagers do you have? None yet. 
Okay, I there have you go. Two, and they would both be a lot more ticked about the fridge than they would of any flower. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fair. But you think they would just be like, how dare you, Bigfoot? A big a Bigfoot in their house at night. I'd be like, meh, how dare you take do the fridge? No, they'd be like, Dad, you have a big gun and a big, big, big gun and a big, 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 big gun. Give me all of them. <laughs> okay. See, that seems much more like it. Okay. Yeah. So that's the thing. I thought just it took me out of the movie. I just hey, let me like... explain something about the birds and bees. When a, when, a, when a certain teenager female goes to a certain time of a certain period of the month, they change their attitudes really quick, wow. and it just makes things just because yeah. the birds and bees are attacking them. Yeah, that's it exactly, okay. Paul. The birds and the bees are attacking them. Um, I I I would I would have almost I would believe so much more if uh, she got irate with her parents over like not doing anything to stop. Yeah. The Bigfoot. Yeah. But her going up in the Bigfoot's face, I thought that was yeah. just unrealistic. Up sure. to his uh, face. She probably didn't even make it past mid-naval. Look at the dude. Okay, fair. <laughs> yes, exactly. Tried to. Exactly. Uh, Mike, what was maybe unrealistic for you or something else you disliked about this film? Yeah, something that I disliked, I, I noticed just kind of a running trend mm. with some of the pacing with the different scenes. I mean, I thought mm. that the acts were well enough laid out Mm -hmm, but the mm -hmm. pacing of the individual scenes, like it seemed like so many of them just dragged on just a little yes. too long. Yes, absolutely. I agree 100%. I wonder if that's one of the reasons my son ultimately just got bored with it. And I, I probably would have been more bored with it, except I had to end up watching over three different sessions. Slow so and boring. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Paul, for doing your own sound cue when you're right here. Yeah. Um. Can you think of any particular scene that you 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 were like, oh, you could have totally tightened up the scene if you just did this X Y Z? Oh, I mean, one stands out to me right off the top of my head is mm -hmm. okay. We have the scene you hit Harry, and then mm -hmm. like, oh, is it dead? Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure it's dead. Oh yeah, and then oh, gosh, like, we forever. do the scene again. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not only did you do it too long the first time, <laughs> you decided to do it too long again, and I don't understand why. Um, yeah. Because the totally 80s were slow and boring. <laughs> <laughs> if you want me to run down, want me to do a drill down of all the scenes that I wrote that down on, we can. No, but, you know, we're on a time limit, friends. That's yes, that's fine. Uh, we don't want see. this episode to become slow and boring. Yeah, <laughs> now you're going to play the sound cue again. Uh, Paul, what was maybe slow and boring for you or just something else you just didn't like for some reason? Unfortunately, I found the acting by the older daughter, uh, who was played by Margaret Langrick, to be a little uh, less than or flat mm. or mm -hmm. non-believable as much. Like half-dimensional, even. Yeah. Um, not even a full dimension. Not even, not towards like the end of the film, but like the first half. I wonder if they filmed it in sequential order, because it, it, she seemed to not bother me as much as the film went on. But Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that's just my second, like, just, just, I just did not like her at all. She the character just, or the yeah, actor? Yeah, the, the, the character. The char okay. I guess you were talking more about the actress. Yes, the okay. delivery of her lines. I'm like, gotcha. There's no I... take two on that. That's the, that's the best <laughs> we can do. Okay. We're going to lunch. <laughs> Cut it. Check the gate. Um, I Yeah, I just, her character just bothered me so much. She just seems so self-absorbed. And yeah, okay, you guys, that's a good point. She's a teenager and stuff. But I just, I don't know. There was just no... Like I, it's interesting comparing watching this so close to Labyrinth. Uh, mm. Both the characters are named Sarah in Labyrinth, yeah. which is very interesting. But and you certainly see that self-absorption in uh, the Sarah from Labyrinth. But as soon as she's face to face with, oh, there is an actual threat to Toby, my baby brother. Again, talking about Labyrinth, not Goofy movie, but maybe we could talk about that, too. Um, see, because you went into Goofy movie before, Paul. It's called a callback. Is this thing on? Anyway. Didn't we talk about things taking way too long and need to What to your point? <laughs> this is already becoming slow and boring. Oh, oh my gosh. Anyway, I thought uh, the way her character was handled in Labyrinth so much better than the one, the Sarah in Heron the Hendersons. Well, Jennifer Conley. That probably ha is a big factor. Yeah. Definitely. 
Um, but yeah, I, even and it did make sense when Harry gave her the flowers, the roses. She's like, oh, now I love you. That's just too much of a flip all of a sudden. So, OK, I'm done on my diatribe. Let's go back to Kevin. What's something else you didn't like? Well, I'm just going to say I'm not a team. I'm 38. I'm still annoying as crap. So <laughs> figure out, just go ahead and say that. OK, thanks for sticking up for the team. <laughs> yeah. someone's got to stick up for so him. kevin's yeah. team sarah apparently all right um <laughs> um something i just didn't care for is mm -hmm. um it was what mike said earlier yeah. some of the scenes i think could have went a little bit shorter yeah give it a more cleaner cut yeah. even though this film is about what 95 minutes 98 minutes something like that it's, it still could have been trimmed up on certain scenes they did it, sure. i didn't felt it was i didn't felt it was Boring, but just a little bit longer than it needs to tend on. It was so actually just, just 10 hard. minutes short of two hours. So it is, yeah. Oh, it was it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, they managed to cram like 90 minutes worth of content into 112 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite impressive. I could not have said the same to Morbius, a movie we haven't seen yet. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm right there with Mike on this mm -hmm. one. Absolutely. Uh, Paul, what's something else you didn't like? I don't know why. This movie was written by three different people. Mm -hmm. So here's a scenario where mm. they're in the city and everybody's hunting for a Bigfoot on the loose. Mm -hmm. And only when Harry and John Lithgow get into inside uh, a garbage truck, does the police and its squad say... Everybody go after that that garbage truck. Even though they didn't see him in the garbage truck, yeah. they're on a hunt <laughs> on foot. And it doesn't make sense why you're looking for a Bigfoot to all of a sudden go after a garbage truck. There are things in this movie that don't make no, sense. That is no. just one glaring thing. Like, you have three writers on this. How can you sign your name to crap like that? <laughs> hey, Paul. Yeah. Paul. This was made by a Canadian director. Whenever something gets trashed, they send their whole neighborhood out to go clean that area. It nice and clean. And when they see trash going, I was like, whoa, let's all take care of that right now. It doesn't You've make sense even in this film. Sorry. <laughs> I have I, a different. Sorry. I, was I was making a Canadian joke and that you didn't get that. I think I the Canadian joke makes a lot more sense than that scene. <laughs> so I'm with you. <laughs> exactly. I have a different bad joke to explain that scene away. So here's the thing, Paul. You don't realize that that uh, that uh, trash, trash, compassion, trash. Uh, what's Garbage it called? truck. Garbage truck, geez, that nowhere. <laughs> that garbage truck, the driver went missing. So that whole other SWAT team was out on the lookout looking for the 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 driver who went missing. And they just happened. That's why they Didn't were focused we on the garbage truck. we already talk about things going too long? <laughs> <laughs> wow, really sticking it to me, Paul. <laughs> Mike, why don't you give us, why don't you stick it to this movie with one more thing you just like before we get to our Tragic Makers? Yeah, I um I have this feeling like the tone was really just kind of it, it didn't seem to fit well mm. with itself. Like oh, because there are three writers, I feel like we were dealing with jokes from a previous draft oh. that might have been like a biting satire of gun culture, and they just yes. kind of yeah kept some of that in, but uh -huh. removed all they, they kept all the lines from a satirical take. And mm -hmm. then just changed the tone. And yeah. they have this goofy, funny movie along with this heartfelt, let's care about animals. It, yeah. They yeah. never quite gelled well with each other. And I don't think the film mm. gels well with itself. Yeah. Interesting. I could totally see that. It's it's almost like it was trying to it's shotgun a, a bunch of different messages or messaging, yeah. but it didn't it's a, really land it's a, on any. Pro gun, anti gun movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah, something like that, Paul. Um. Uh. Anyway, which is hard to make. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Unless uh, Seattle was so well armed. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was before the liberals took over. I suppose that might have been that. Yes. Uh, regardless, though, <laughs> let's get into our tragic makers for Harry and the Hendersons. For me, um, it's it's almost, it's kind of related to this the the gun thing and maybe the different tones, Mike. You just related to, but it revolves around the character of Jacques. I and 
I just did not see. He was so myopic in trying to kill Harry the whole movie. And for him to just turn on a dime because, I don't know, he just sees this family of Sasquatches or, or Harry is nice to him. It just didn't make sense. I would have much preferred him to have fallen on his own sword or gun or something like that, or to fall off the cliff. I, you don't. No one has to kill him. That's fine. I feel like that would have been too intense for this. The, I guess the tone of this movie, sure. but uh, to just to see him just totally change his stripes last minute, again, un- unbelievable. Uh, just took me out of the movie. Hey, Francisco. Yes. Saul We're going too out. long and boring again for you, Paul. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say Saul was killing Christians and until he met face to face with Jesus Christ. So it's kind of similar. He's out there hunting Sasquatches until he actually comes face to face with one. So Paul, you're saying Sasquatch is Jesus. Jesus is a Sasquatch. In this analogy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was in my spiritual speculations. We're going to have to find a new one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I'm sorry. It's seen. A god versus seeing uh, a creature is quite, I'd say, too different to make that comparison. Well, something you've never seen before. He, I thought he has <laughs> seen it before, though. Well, not up that up close. Uh, never knew God was so hairy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, guys! Well, you always see the you know the flowing big ro- uh, beard rope. Beard. <laughs> anyway, anyway, yeah, I saw Monty Python, Holy Grail. He looked pretty hairy there. Out. <laughs> but come back real quick for your tragic maker, Kevin. Oh, thanks. Now that was a quick transition. It wasn't too long. <laughs> and you didn't need to be edited down. That was good. I applaud that. <laughs> okay. Um, this uh, it, to me is. More of a certain character I found annoying in this oh. entire film was the neighbor. Yeah, I wish that neighbor was just not there. Irene? Like, just eliminate, yeah. yeah, just eliminate oh. her. Yeah, there's no need for her. She, Absolutely, she didn't add anything else to the film. You could have taken her out of the film. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't miss nothing or nobody. Uh, yeah, I don't think you need her at all. I cannot see a reason. Well, except to have for her the there. one take where she's looking at the window and then screaming. That was the only thing that was that, was, that would have made sense. Like if, a, if some random neighbor come by and yeah, say, you can hey, just I got, your ma- I got your mail. I haven't yeah. seen you for a couple of days, but notice you're back. Here's your mail, and yeah, ah, you know, exactly cleaner, better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree totally. And she, totally. I think she was a horrible comic relief. I didn't think she was yeah. funny. Every time I seen her, it's like. Oh, I just want to put uh, a nail in my head every time I saw it. Wow. <laughs> I thought she was much better in my big fat Greek wedding. Is that the same actress? Yes. yes. Yeah. Much better. Really? Oh, yeah. crazy. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Mike next. What's the thing you hated most about this film? Yeah, there's kind of a theme that I had throughout this movie that I kept writing writing down, and I, I just mm-hmm. kind of have to group it all together. Mm-hmm. It's Dang. It's the question of, yeah, but why? Uh, <laughs> Money. Why, why did they make this? They why? wanted to take $10 million and make it into 33. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. But why is the boy setting the dog free? I mean, why? Oh, is, yeah. Why? Why? Because he's learning that the, concept. Why would the cops <sighs> responding to a weird call about a Bigfoot, um, Bigfoot, Turn the entire suburban neighborhood into a war zone. Yes. Um, Money. Why do you want him to suddenly stay for two weeks as a trial period? Why have right. a spa day with Harry instead of taking him right to the forest? Why Jacques' yeah. change of heart? Yeah. All of these things are there for the audience to have an experience, but yeah. it doesn't make sense for the characters to have that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and while, oh, go ahead, Paul. No, I agree. Oh, okay. okay. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I agree. It's it's very strange. And almost and also speaking back to uh the whole laying the dog away, I thought that was they're gonna comment on something like, Well, you when you really love someone or something, you have to let it go, and if it comes back to you, then it'll stay with you forever or something. And that was gonna be a commentary on laying Harry go, but they didn't capitalize on any of that or say anything regarding oh. that. So that was very confusing to me as well. I mean, I think it was trying to make a point that, you know, there's there's animals that they kill and that they use as trophies. And there's animals. And the end thing is Harry is going to need to be set free. So the question of, well, why, 
why don't we set all animals free? Well, the dog loves you. The dog's part of your your home. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's what they were trying mm -hmm. to do. And, you know, and I am all about not making the subtext text, but the scene <laughs> has to make sense in, yeah. in, in the film. Yeah. And it's just a throwaway scene. It could have been cut and we would have been fine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but they need, like you said, they need to cram that this thirty minute movie into an hour and fifty. Uh, then that leaves Paul. What is your tragic maker for Harry and the Hendersons? I had a similar thing that my cat. I kept. It's an over theme that it kept on going mm. throughout the film. Is that every there's so many instances that things were just a little bit over the top. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. wait, like a lot of the characters' reasonings for things, like. Like the boy says, we, we mentioned before about the rabbit. It was either him or me. I know it's supposed to be funny, but you don't see like the 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 mom or the sister laugh at it. You're supposed to be like, ha, isn't that funny, audience? You're supposed to laugh, <laughs> but it's not. It's like the dad hitting a Bigfoot and, and then deciding to take the Bigfoot home. That reasoning is just over the top. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. Like you said, the 15-year-old uh, daughter... You know, you, you you talked about that, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and even some of Harry's expressions, he is very expressive. But I felt mm -hmm. some of them were a little bit over the top, and I felt yeah. this movie was just a little too much over the top for its own good in a lot of mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm. Probably because he's a Bigfoot. No, you could tone it down. <laughs> <laughs> There's a different movie Maybe. that had Littlefoot. I, I don't know if you've reviewed that one yet. Oh, oh yes. my gosh! Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Ah, mm -hmm. uh, let's see, and I'll. Well, Paul is. Are you done, Paul, or is that it? Yeah, I, I kept are you it done back or is for that your it? Sec. That's. Man, I'm I was done hoping for and a nicer it. rant from you. I was hoping for a bigger rant from you. All right, I can I can throw in a little bit of <laughs> slow and boring if you want. Oh <laughs> and, and I will say, if you want to listen to our land in the land before time episode, that's episode sixty-two. RetroRionPodcast.com slash sixty-two. The mother anyway, dies in that one, right? I, Littlefoot dies in that one? No, he doesn't die in that one. I said the mother. Oh, yes. The, yes Bambi's the mom dies does. in that. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Okay. <sighs> no, not Bambi. Anyway, uh, now that we've entered all our trajectories into the firing computer, Alice, you have a firing solution for us. Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready on your mark. I have a prediction for how this will go, but let's find out if, if I'm right. Uh, okay, it's time for the moment of truth, guys. Do we rate Harry and the Hendersons, the movie, Paul, a classic? We'd recommend anyone go and see this, whether or not you've seen it before. A nostalgic, it's worth a revisit or rewatch if you have seen it before, maybe as a kid or young adult. But if you've never seen it before, watch something else. Or do we rate it a tragic? It's not worth anyone's time today. If you've never seen it, keep it that way. And if you have seen it, don't rewatch it because it will sully any good memories you have of it. Let's start with Kevin. You had predicted tragic. Did it end up being a tragic or did it uh, go up in your estimation? Um, I predicted tragic because when I watched it, I really did not like it and care for it. I never thought I had to see it again until I decided to vote myself into it. It's like, uh, I like torture. <laughs> Put yourself through it again. Who cares? And I actually found this to be more of a nostalgic. Oh, really? I actually okay, found right. parts in it. I actually enjoyed that. Maybe at the time, maybe I just was going through my time of the month. I just didn't feel like watching it anymore. <laughs> Who knows? We've all been there. But now, yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I actually enjoyed, like I said, the humor. I enjoyed uh -huh. the cinematography. Even with, yeah. the, even with that annoying character I didn't care for. And I mm -hmm. thought she'd just been scratched off the face of the earth. But, you know, whatever. She did. I mean, the movie did fine, and what I did it. What it was successful, wasn't it? Yeah, so, it made yeah, back so, its money. Yeah, yeah. So maybe the audience was actually right, and some of us critics were wrong at the time. Well, dun, I was I alive. Mean, was I alive then? Yeah, I was alive. I was a little wee lad. <laughs> so, yeah. Selling manure makes money too. So let's you know maybe not use that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate manure. Uh, <laughs> awesome, Kevin. Uh, Mike, you had predicted nostalgic. Did it go up or down for you or say the same? Uh, well, Kevin, I'll say this. I'm really glad that you enjoyed the film. Um, as for <laughs> me, I I had 
I, I'm going to rate this tragic due to immoderate terribleness Whoa. smeared across Whoa. 112 agonizing Whoa. minutes. Dun, dun, dun. Slow but, and boring. But you are an, <laughs> I support you in having your own subjective interaction with the film. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Thanks. No one supports um, my positions on anything. <laughs> <laughs> Paul? Well, I don't know. Maybe Paul will. Uh, Paul, you had predicted nostalgic. What did it end up being for you? Nope, I don't support it either. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I'm kidding. I, I support you, Kevin. Um, but I'm gonna have to agree with Mike. Uh I I I was bored through a lot of this, especially at the beginning. It was when <laughs> Harry went missing, I was like actually getting more involved in Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but uh this is uh, I I predict I, I my final rating on this is tragic just mm -hmm. because um it just the definition of what you said. If if you had good memories, which I did, don't mm -hmm. sully them with a rewatch of this. It's just Fair too enough. over the top. Yeah. <sighs> and I have predicted nostalgic. And it's I not really... Disney. You should be you should be liking this. It's not Disney. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I really I wanted to like it. I really did. I was I was hoping that it'd be, it actually would um um exceed my expectations of Me it too but it just it did not in a, in too many ways it was it it's certainly borderline but for me it did it did dip down into tragic for me as well i just oh. yeah i'm I shocked saw. i'm i'm the one supposed to be angry hating every single yeah. thing ever existing and <laughs> no I, that's my job <laughs> and aren't you glad that you don't i mean dude, i don't enjoy know. i feel like moment. i should reverse and just say hate it with it along everything else no I no 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 like no this. let your no, heart grow a couple sizes it's good <laughs> <laughs> i feel weird <laughs> oh that's fine it's, i i i totally get it kevin i was those lone Per, lone voice of reason on that one episode 26 so i totally get it i Every totally know episode, episode it comes but, up but because you're really <laughs> in that one <laughs> oh my gosh anyway according to the retro rewind podcast we rate harry and the hendersons a disputed tragic film we'd recommend no one see this whether or not you've seen it before but now it's time to get back to our own time good old 20xx 20xx that's where i keep all my stuff Upsets online Receiving incoming transmission. Ah, feels good to be back, but we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 1987 to begin with if it weren't for our amazing reflux capacitors, namely Jared Holzhauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keane, Patrick Hicks, LJ Lowry, Chris Cowan, Geek Devotions, The Untold Podcast, James Kennison, Drew of the Cellcash, Ashley Cronenberg, Pastor Deucin, Kenneth Inn, Regime Dotaku, That's Our Babo, Josh Adams, D. Tungsten, Andy Lewis, Jeff, The Dapper Man Reviews. Oh, he's right hey, here. Hey, woo. Tony from the Retro Bottom Days, show. Mr. Loss, Daryl Hefner, Rosie, and seven other awesome patrons as well. <laughs> 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 Thank you all so much for keeping the gigawatts coming. And if you want to help us keep flying for as little as $1 a month and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support to start. This stream is sponsored by PaulJPowers.com. And while we're thanking our uh, people, our supporters, we also want to give a big Sasquatch hug to yes. both Kevin Joshua Burnham and Mike Fraley for supporting us with their thoughts about Harry and the Henderson. So like starting alphabetical. So we'll start with Kevin. How can people find you online or is there anything cool you got going on? That explains why I've been first in every single decision just about it's because I'm alphabetical, right? Well, you have to talk to the captain. I said I like to go. I don't know about it. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I just never been first on anything. It's like Kevin's last. Okay. Oh. Um, if you wish to find me, you can find me as a Dapperman Reviews on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, sometimes Twitter. It depends if I'm not getting booted out or getting um whatever on there. And also on Letterboxd where I do mm. written reviews. So if you don't like listening to my voice or watching me on screen, you can do that. Nice. Also, if you like podcasts, if you like podcasts other than this one, and if you like to listen to me rant about movies I really hate, which is complete opposite from right here, okay, <laughs> you can decide to listen to the Bottom Shelf Podcast, which is a part of the Geek Devotions Network, and we mm -hmm. talk about bad movies, seeing how bad they really are, and mm -hmm. you can hear me scream some more about bad movies. <laughs> What's the last movie you reviewed? The last one on the Bottom Shelf podcast which mm -hmm. should be coming out is captain america from 1990 oh okay wow i think I've, i feel like i've seen that one is that one where he has a motorcycle 
Yeah. He always okay. has a motorcycle, but he also has latex in this. I Lots mean, of rubber. It looks like, rubber. like it's Captain America looking like it has blue and white and red all uh, over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, no, he doesn't have a red, white, and blue motorcycle. That would be too American for that film. <laughs> hmm, you have to listen to the review to find out. All right, I guess so. All right, and Mike, where can people find you online? Is there anything cool you got going on? Uh, the one thing that I have going on that's pretty cool is the Geek at Arms podcast. Yes. Uh, I am one of three co-hosts of that podcast, and um, we are a podcast camped at the crossroads of geek culture and Christian faith. Every other episode, we have a film club episode where we review films of all ages, not just 15 years or more, but sometimes we go way far back and sometimes really pretty contemporary. I guess I'm behind. I thought you guys did like blocks of three every episode or like uh, one every episode. And there's like three, a theme of three. Am I miss? I guess I haven't listened in a while. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Well, I mean, also, if you're only listening to the film club episodes, then yeah, we do. That's, you know, they, <laughs> they are every episode. It's, uh, but we do do it in blocks of three. So okay. we've generally done like, we'll do three animated films or three fantasy films or mm -hmm. three science fiction films right now. We have just recorded our first, uh, basically, we each pick one. Rather than coming to consensus, we have somebody say, uh, nah, okay. I like this one, and I want to I watch this film with you guys. Uh, so okay. Brian has picked The Hudsucker Proxy. Oh, which interesting. We, okay. Ooh. I've never seen yeah. like that movie. I love that movie. So Sorry. that one should be released as soon as it's out of editing, and I do not have a date for that. So <laughs> be looking for it soon on the Geek at Arms podcast. Is that the one with Tom Hanks and the dog? That's Turner no. and Hooch. Is that the one with Tom Hanks and the Space Needle? No, no Tom Hanks. That's um, Sleepless in Seattle. Is that the one with Tom Hanks at the airport? No, that's... Which one? Turner. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you got me. That's true. There not there one where he's uh, Sully also, the the flight or something? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm just... That's Castaway. Incorporated. <laughs> But anyway, I guess I I mentioned the podcast, but haven't yes. said that you can find us at geekatarms.com or on Twitter at armsgeek or on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash geekatarms. Nice. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kevin and Mike, for being here. And my awesome Bigfoot hunter friend, Paul, and all you rewinders, new and old, uh, for another fun voyage. Really appreciate you all. You're welcome. And I am pauljpowers.com. You can find me at pauljpowers.com find me on discord for our show announcements or just to say hi join us there at retrorewindpodcast.com slash discord take it away nathan hi francisco <laughs> this podcast is a proud member of culture box a curated collection of podcasts videos and articles that will provide you a balanced meal of content you will find culture celebrated for its past and future satirized for its extremes, explored in study, and created anew in story. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. As Nathan just said, we are now part of the Culture Box Media Network. Find all the shows unpacking truth through story, comedy, and geekery at culturebox.media. And with that, Captain, we are on final approach to base where there's probably a bunch of Bigfoots roaming around. <laughs> That's great. Thank you, XO. And thank you all for listening. We pray you're more joyful today than when you first hit play. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all for, uh, uh, gosh, National Treasure, or uh, Constitution <laughs> Protector, our next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Retro Rewind Mission Complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. Yeah.